podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tags podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, good times all around for everyone. After Texas Tech absolutely humiliates the Oklahoma Sooners. So to recap that game and to look ahead to the TCU game, the gang is all here. That's right. Starting my right-hand man that is Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dylan? You know, I'm just I'm just really happy. We we were very confident in the preview podcast, and I was a little worried by our confidence, but uh, our confidence paid off. You know what? I think this team is too good where it doesn't matter anymore. But like, I really think it's where you are at this point. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. They're well, just especially not they, at they, home. Yeah, no, they see it. The jinxes don't don't matter at home anymore. It's just this team is just way too good, and uh, uh, they're too good because they listen to our people's champ. That is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jerm? Humiliation Station. Excited to be here, back on the pod. Excited to talk about yet another cruising victory at home where the second half is brutal for opposing teams. Well, I'll say this. The first half of this game went very much like the first half of the last time Texas Tech played Oklahoma. If you remember in that game, Tech was up at halftime. We were feeling good. We were looking good, playing great defense. And then in the second half, Emoja Gibson went off like crazy. The difference? Well, for Oklahoma, Emoja Gibson didn't go off like crazy. Instead, literally everybody else on the Texas Tech basketball team did. Uh, Dylan, what did you think about this, really the the culmination of this entire game? Yeah, I think two things really impressed me in this game. A, obviously the defense. Uh, you go on, I think it was like a 19-0 run in the second half. They turned the ball over 13 times in the second half, and you only give up 20 points. Obviously, you have to be impressed with that defense. We're now the Kim Palm number one ranked defense in all of college basketball. And that should be no surprise to anybody. But I think you also have to be impressed with how many people contributed um, in this game. You look at Davion Warren, who it's not a season high, but it, it was his best game he's had in conference play by far. He le- lead, led the team with 16 points. He was absolutely on fire. Um, Bryson Williams was doing his thing. Adonis Arms showed up in this game. Uh, KJ Allen got good run in this game. You just you just saw a lot of people contribute and uh, really impressive. Didn't matter who was in the defense was suffocating. I said the guy that I wanted to really show up in this game for Tech to win was Shibuzo Agbo because that means that we were blowing the team out. And guess what? Buzo got eight minutes. Right? <laughs> Hell, Austin Timperman got a minute. I think I, I didn't. I think I made a joke about Timperman getting in. I was like, I ain't getting in. Adam said, I hear that. And I'm going to get him in anyway. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about this game? Hey, Timberman jade up a three at the end. I, I swore <laughs> I was so close to going in. Uh, a a great game for all the Davion Warren haters out there. Uh, because, man, the, and in his postgame presser, he talked a lot about the 
questions surrounding his offensive kind of production this season. And I like the way that he answered in saying that he's not so worried about it. You know, the reason he came to Texas, he's like, I already put up the points. I did it. At, you know, I did it already. Everybody knows I can score. What he wanted to do is he wanted to improve his defensive game. And he thinks that that has proven itself consistent uh, time in and time out. And if we're taking anything from our resident graphic designer and all around social media superstar, Kinsey, uh, who only complains about his offensive game, it's working. <laughs> his defense is strong. Uh, but he did show out in this game. He made it, he's made it, he made himself known. And all I can say is that the second half, the last like seven minutes were just dunk city. And I'm here for it. It felt good. Everybody was getting a duck. I think I, I truly believe that one of the reasons why Davion wanted such a good offensive game is he stopped doing the um, either shoot a three, shoot a long jumper, or drive all the way to the basket thing. He hit mid ranges, and he he did it a lot early in the season. And he's kind of just shot away from me. He's kind of just kind of did a a thing where it's like I'm always shooting long jumpers or trying to drive to the basket and get a foul. No in between. And in this game, we saw a couple to uh, we saw a couple of situations where he said, "Okay, I'm gonna take what the defense gives me." I'm going to just flow into it. And then now that I've made a couple baskets, now let me try to take this three splash. Right. So like that's I, I think that's really Davion Warren. Instead of trying to force it, kind of really let the game come to him. And by that time in the second half, man, it was Harlem Globetrotters ball out there. These guys were just doing whatever the hell they wanted. It didn't matter. Steal here, donk here. Uh, uh, no look pass here, drive the lane here. Marcus Santos Silva, you get a dunk. Terrence Shannon gets a dunk. Adonis Arms gets a dunk. Malik Wilson, my God, uh, defies gravity, gets a dunk. <laughs> Dylan, what do you what do you think? Well, I, I want to go back to the this moment in the in the second half. I think Marcus Santos Silva he had two two baskets in a row, like over the shoulder shots, and then we come down the floor one more time, and he is like asking to clear out. Give give me my my space in the post. Give me the ball. Feed me because I am a offensive juggernaut, and uh, that was kind of fun to see. You don't you don't get that from uh, Marcus Santos Silva too much offensively. Just he's feeling it. You feed him the ball, and he's getting you buckets and. Yeah, everybody got a thunderous dunk, and that Malik Wilson one was. I, I hope it was on Sports Center top ten. It better have been. It was. I'm pretty sure it was. I know it was at least on Sports Center. I ain't gonna lie. I didn't know Malik Wilson had bunnies like that. I did mm -hmm. not know he had the. I didn't know he had bounce. I, I did not. I had to look and do a double take. Like, wait, that was that was who? Malik Wilson is <laughs> gonna be nice next year. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think he's gonna be one of the the, the leaders on the team next year once mm -hmm. they have all our all our seniors leave. So. It's um that game was I I will say this so at one point we had a situation where Warren had just hit his three I think Shannon came down and also hit a three and they were swinging the ball in the next possession there was run going on Marcus Santos Silva had the ball three point line nobody guarding him for a second I was like <laughs> is he gonna shoot he it too to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna shoot it um it's it was just one of the Ter the Terrence Shannon threes the, the one where it kind of just bounced around and went in. I have not seen a team so deflated. We were already up 20 at this point. Mark, Terrence Shannon shoots that shot that had no business going in, and it goes in, and it's just the whole Oklahoma team just puts their head down. They're all just like, you've got to be – like, there's nothing – and I, I – trust I've been – I've played basketball and been blown on a game before too. I get it. Well, you're just like, bruh. There is nothing we can do here. Like, it's just not like God just don't want us to win. And that's if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan. That has to be what it felt like. Look, man, they deserved it. After the Moja Gibson performance the first game around, it was time for them to get just bucketed all night. So I am not upset. I don't feel bad. 
I, I don't feel bad. Sorry. And well, honest, also, honestly, the crowd was relentless, too. Like, we were on top of them the whole oh, game, yeah. and the crowd, like, honestly, kind of saying terrible things. I think they said uh, F-O-U. I think I heard that chant. <laughs> but... No, oh, you suck something. Well, another, there's right? that, that, one, that was another one. That, that's another that one too. Another one. <laughs> but it did like it just. I, if I was a player, you're already demoralized, and then you're just hearing those things from the crowd. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine. So let's talk about the Texas Tech defense for a second. Um, one thing is coming into the game, and and Mark Adams had a funny tweet that he said, "Hey Porter Moser, in, in honor of uh, two twenty two day, can we only shoot twos? <laughs> kind of going back to the uh, three point barrage that Oklahoma had last time Tech played." Um, and I'll say this, Oklahoma wasn't a bad three point shooting team. Now, most of them did come in the first half, but overall they went seven for 20, 35%, not, not great, but not terrible, right? They actually shot better for three than tech did, but here's this, here's a stat for you. They went 10 for 35 for twos. Yes. 10 for 35 for twos. They shot 29% below the arc. That is bad. That is, that's terrible. That is tech playing. Fantastic defense in the interior. That is Tech having Oklahoma waste all 35 seconds of the shot clock and not being able to get a good shot off. That is them going in, trying to think, thinking they might be able to get a foul, but Tech going straight up every time they, they defend. That's just fantastic defense. Hold a team who less than 30% from two? Got to be kidding me. There was a point in time where I, I wasn't sure if they were going to make it to 40. <laughs> uh, it, they shouldn't it, have. Yeah, like Dylan, it was they garbage have. time to get past forty. So there was a point in time where they almost held them under forty, and they only made seventeen field goals. I, that's that's madness to me. Oh, it's it's unheard of. I how's it? Is it was this the best defensive game of the year? Has to be. Yes, for the, for, yeah, for the anybody, no, for any team period. in college basketball. Oh, oh, you took it a step further. Uh, I was yes. talking about Texas Tech team. You're saying period, point Any, blank. Uh, yes. I, I don't agree with Dylan. I agree with, I agree with you, Albert. Oh, uh, hey. I'm, the only reason why I can't agree is because I don't know. <laughs> right? I, I don't either. I, I, I haven't, like, backed up this take, but thinking about it out loud, sure, it sounds good. Yeah, man, I guess so. We did. You know what's funny about this team, though? This is not the lowest point total we've held anybody this year. Now, it would have been if not for that garbage time three-point shot that went out the buzzer that still pisses me off. Um, but we did beat – if you remember the Omaha game, which, mind you, Omaha is the worst team we've played all year, uh, Tech did win 96-40. to 40. So, you know, <laughs> technically uh, – uh, Jeremy, I'm guessing you're saying this is a better defensive performance. I think – I mean, come on. <laughs> I will say this. Come on. Oklahoma's not going to the tournament. I do – I'm a believer – that if Oklahoma played in any other conference this year, they would. Right? This is still a good team. This is a fully healthy team, too. This is the same team that did beat us 70 to 55 back in back in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. So, like, this is still a very good team. It's not like something crazy happened. It's just the difference is, is that one, two or one Emoja Gibson went two for nine from the field and only had five points total. And we played in Lubbock and not Norman. Well, remember, they, yeah, and they had only lost two games coming into conference. Like Oklahoma looked the part under Moser. They were thriving. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast. Like Oklahoma was just kind of like playing ball the way that they wanted to. I mean, they beat uh, number 12, Arkansas. Remember, they beat number 14, Florida. This is a team that uh, they were close to Baylor in that first game. They looked strong. They were very strong. And like I was saying, like if they were any other conference, they'd be going to the tournament, no problem. But they're playing one of the toughest, com- the toughest conference in the nation uh, with juggernauts, uh, perennial juggernauts like Texas Tech. And, you know, what are you going to do? 
I think they're going to be one of maybe two victims of the Big 12 that they're definitely good enough to play in the tournament, but because of their Big 12 record, probably won't get in. Yeah, no. I mean, this loss actually puts them four to 14 and 14, so it's going to be tough for them. I do hope they get an NIT spot. Like I said, I do think they're a talented team, and I think I would love to see guys like an Emoja Gibson and a Jordan Goldwire get a chance to play in the postseason because um, I think they could do some damage. But it's it's and I know they'd be happy to play games that aren't I'd play teams that aren't Texas Tech, TCU, Texas, um, uh, West Virginia, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas. Right? <laughs> They'd like to get a break from this gauntlet and play like other teams that are good, but not Big 12 good. But um, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them because, like I said, they may be going into a situation where they're going to end the season uh, with a losing record simply because of the gauntlet that is the Big 12. So who knows? Um, anything else you want to say about this fantastic game that was Dylan? Bryson Williams got his 2000th career point and he's shooting a big 12 league high 53% from the field. There we go. What about you, Jeremy? Well, I thought I had something, but how can I say anything other than that? That, that is, I mean, that is tremendous. Bryson Williams continues to be consistently great. And like, as we get closer and closer to the tournament, that just makes me feel more confident in this team. He has just looked like butter. I said at the beginning of the game, just looks like butter in the paint. Like he just flows right up to the rim. It's nuts. This guy's on a whole different level. You know what I always found funny about stats like these is that uh, if you're the last team, you get to reap all the benefits. He scored 2,000 points. He's been two years at Fresno State, spent two years at UTEP, but they don't get to celebrate his accolades. Texas Tech, baby, your three quarters of a season, <laughs> we get to celebrate hey. you here. <laughs> we, we inherit those 2,000 points. That's right. He made the choice. I thought about the same thing. When Matt Mooney also had it, I think he also might have scored 2,000 points in his last year at Tech, too. And uh, it was, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, South Dakota, take that. <laughs> None of this counts for you. It all counts for us. Nobody baby. remembers you. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. But though nobody remembers the uh, South Dakota or UTEP or Fresno State, everybody's going to remember what you look like when you put on some Texas Tech home-filled apparel. And with that, there's a nice little sale going on. It is the friends and family sale. And because home-filled apparel is the friends and family of the Tortillas and Takes podcast. With us, you can use our promo code, that's Takes12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, to get over 200 products that are in the store, right? Get you all types of tech swag. But hey, listen, if you need to get a, you need to get your girl, you need to get your boy some gifts, and maybe they didn't go to tech. Maybe they went to, maybe they went to uh, West Virginia. You can get them some nice home-filled apparel stuff too. You can get them that stuff. But you know one team you can't get them for right now? TCU, we don't do that. We're not playing now, right? We got to play TCU this Saturday, so don't get them anything from about TCU. Instead, get them some Texas Tech swag from Home Field Apparel to put on as you take them to the TCU game using our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2. I actually think that's the best ad read I've done all year. That is, I mean, I got to pat myself that, on that the was back. Solid. That was fantastic. That, that was, was nice. good. Pretty good. The lead-in was great. Oh, thank you. Thank and, you. And, and purple's ugly. Why, why would you want to buy a purple shirt anyway? Purple is a terrible let's, color. Let's be honest. Any any day of the week, any context. Purple, <laughs> come on now. That's true. That's true. And, and speaking of that, that ugly purple, we're going to have to see a lot of that ugly purple. Well, actually, let me rephrase. It won't be that much ugly purple this Saturday in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. As Texas Tech does play the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, TCU has a lot of similarities to the Texas Longhorns. 
and that they're a fan base that doesn't usually show up. They're a fan base that show, has shown up a little bit more this year than usual um, because their team is better than usual, right? And we've made a lot of jokes this year about how TC was having one of the best seasons in their school history despite it being a pretty um, pede- pedestrian season. Uh, it's been a pretty above average. They'll, they should make the tournament, even though last time I saw them bracket matrix, they're an 11 seed right now. They're an 11 seed because the schedule has cranked up quite a bit for the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, Jeremy, what's your first thought when it comes to Texas Tech playing in Fort Worth? Uh, it's always good to visit the satellite campuses. I think it's important for... <laughs> no, but really, I think that we've heard um, enough about... Let me, let me lead into this. Uh, uh, more. Con- uh, I'm not worried about it. I haven't thought about Saturday at all. Haven't been, haven't been bothered by it. Haven't been concerned that we're going to go in and lay an egg. Because listen. Hello? Okay. Uh, Uh-oh. I was making sure I'm recording. Yeah, it's back. Hello? Okay. Um, Rewind. Yeah, I'm not like worried at all about this TCU game. Because like, I mean... It is it is Lubbock East and we have East. Yeah, East. And there are so many alumni in. I mean, we we made fun of. And if you saw the Texas game that they played this last weekend, pretty empty arena. Right. Uh, TCU benefits from playing Texas Tech because we have a lot of we have a lot of fans who are going to show up. And I love it. Um, TCU has been really bad as of late. They need a win, as Albie says, in the worst way. They're kind of sitting at this number 11 seed in some matrices. They're kind of sitting closer to the bubble on others. Um, TCU needs to finish. They have us. They've got Kansas back-to-back, which, (laughs) yikes. Uh, And then they've got West Virginia to finish out the season. They can solidify their conference bid if they get two of these four, for sure. Um, I don't think either of those will come against Kansas. So for their best bet is going to try to snag one at home against Texas Tech, against a top 10 Texas Tech, and then try to get the one in Morgantown, which everybody will always always look at as a strong quad one win. But I don't think TCU is in a position to win any of these last four games, if I'm being honest. Wow. So you're thinking they end the season. Oh, Ending the season 0-4 for TCU, a TCU team that did not have a strong non-conference, right? They didn't really play anybody in the non-con. Started out the Big 12 conference season pretty strong, but again, they, I mean, we just talked about it, the fact that they didn't really get to play Texas Tech till February. They're just now playing both games yeah, I think so. back-to-back. I don't know if that's a, I, mean, I, I have to assume that's a COVID situation, um, but the Big 12 really screwed them by saying, hey, we're going to have you play Talk about a, Kansas, a burner. Kansas again and West Virginia in the span of five days. <laughs> that is brutal. They're, uh, yeah, they're at, back in at West Virginia. It's unfair. At West Virginia. A West Virginia team they just recently beat. Oh, man, that is tough. That is tough. But I will say this. Hey, so TCU, they've lost four of their last five, uh, five of the last seven. It is just really they're on a slide. And they like you, like we were saying, they need a win in the worst way. Dylan, what chances do they have in this? I mean, slim to none. It, it, maybe if they had a home crowd, uh, we, we could see that being a factor. But Jeremy mentioned it. This is just one of our we, we checked in on our Austin campus that went pretty well. And now we're checking in on our Dallas Fort West Cam- Dallas Fort Worth campus. And uh, if I wasn't leaving town Saturday, I'd be there because why not? You know, and I expect a lot of Red Raiders to be there. It, it's going to be uh, a not fun environment for these these TCU for Horn 
these TCU horn frogs uh, going for <laughs> yeah. Shut up. All over the place. <laughs> I will these say TCU this. horn frogs. Well, I'll say this. I I, I will say this. Um, TC, I do think TCU fans will actually show up to this game quite a bit, and, and I'll explain why. TCU, like we just we've been talking about, they need a win. They need a win. A win here likely puts them in. It likely cements their. They could win this game and then lose the last three and be and be still be good for the tournament. Right, a win against a top ten team in the country will probably put them in the tourney. Like that's that's how much they need a win here, and so the, and, and they're gonna they should do everything it takes to get students out to get fans. The student section they already announced that it was they they were the the most packed house they've ever had was against against Texas earlier this year. The students came out. I remember uh, some of our some of our good friends like Colin and Melissa. They talked about the, the crowd for that Texas game. The crowd this year for TCU has actually been better than usual. Um, Tech usually does pack out that stadium, uh, but I do question. This isn't Texas. Do we still come with the same vitriol, the same aggression that we had in in, in Irwin Center? Right. It's it's. I'm not as confident it's going to be as as crazy an environment as it was just last weekend. No, it's not going to be a Texas environment, but it's still going to be. I can still see it being somewhat split almost. We've always had this brand of being really good at traveling. Mm -hmm. I think this season, especially we have like dialed that to 11. The whole road Raiders movement going on. Yeah. That's true. They're talking. They were talking about chartering buses to Norman to get people to that game. Or to, to, yeah. To, to, How many to games this season have we? Yeah, to Stillwater. How many games this season have we heard the freaking defense chant in another team's arena? Like, why? Why do Texas players have to play in front of their fans and then get like defensed up whenever they're on offense? Like, that shouldn't be a thing. Well, luckily for TCU, their capacity at Showmeyer Arena is like 7,000. It's the smallest stadium in the Big 12. They actually, I think technically they were supposed to upgrade it when they came into the Big 12. And they were just like, no, we're not going to do that. And nobody just, just nobody cared. <laughs> nobody ever t- touched them on it. They were just like, ah, it's okay. It's fine. It's Y'all can have it. It's a small arena. If you've ever been in the Showmeyer Arena, you know, it's, 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 I know high school arenas that are bigger, to be honest. Um, and so that and, and that's the reason why for TCU, you say, OK, any student that could possibly any student, any alum that lives in Fort Worth, please, for the love of God, come to <laughs> this game, please, sir, <laughs> come uh, to this game. Almost sold out. And what's left is very expensive. That's what we do, baby. We are every s- team Super Bowl. <laughs> I will say it being expensive tells me a little bit more that it's probably tech fans. Right, TCU fans ain't putting out a hundred hundred bucks to watch their team lose. Um, no, they potentially tech fans will go see a dunk clinic. Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see uh, what the split will be, but it will definitely be interesting. If it is big, it, like if 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 the crowd is there in Fort Worth, it's going to be tough for this Horn Frog team. Uh, but who? I mean, who gives you the heebie-jeebies on that Horn Frog side, Dylan? Mike Miles is kind of their their leading scorer, their head guy, but. Uh, Mark Adams and Texas Tech has shown that we're going to take that guy away. He he still had his average, I think, in his last game against us, but I expect Mike Miles to be somewhat neutralized. Damon Baugh is a guy who I really, I, I have a lot of respect for his game. I like his his vision as kind of their true playmaker. He averages 10 points a game, so he he kind of does a little bit of everything for them, but I think his playmaking can be very important for them. And uh, I don't know if, if this makes a big difference, but Eddie Lampkin was out for a little bit of time. He came back against Texas, so he'll be he'll be playing in this game as well. They're big six foot eleven, three hundred pounder. 
Yeah, big lamp. And and here's the thing is is that uh, last game, if I'm not mistaken, we had a um, uh, we had a pretty nice performance last game from Terrence Shannon, right? And it would be very interesting to see what what matchups or what uh, happens in this game to if TCU can can do something to make sure that he doesn't go off again. I'm interested to see if they can do something to stop Bryson Williams with Lampkin coming back, right? Bryson Williams had 16 points himself in their last game. And if, if Lampkin and Lampkin actually, sorry, I said coming back, Lampkin did play in the last game. He just didn't play very well. <laughs> Guy he only had eight points, obviously didn't do a great job defending Bryson Williams. And so I, I am curious, you know, those are two guys. I think they're going to have to do a much better job of containing in this game, both Bryson Williams and Terrence Shannon. And not only to mention Kevin McCullough got hurt in that TCU game. Right, we don't want Jeremy going off on a tangent again. Uh, but he got he got hurt in that TCU game. This is going to be he just came back, right? What what happened? Does he play? Is this his first game back? Where he has real minutes, right? We still saw him hobbled in the last game as well. Does he play more, Jeremy? What are your thoughts? Vampire of a coach, McCullough needs to go out there and just J up a three and turn around and it's like look down, you know, one of those. Uh, I think I want to voice the similar concerns about Lampkin, um, just because typical bigs. I think for us going forward, because I'm looking at teams. So at this point in the season, what I like to do, everybody, is I like to look at the teams that are playing the people in conference and see what archetypes are we going to be facing in the tournament? Because there's a lot of teams out there who have really good bigs uh, that we'll probably meet up with in the tournament. I think Andy Lambkin kind of gives you the frame of that. Um, he did, like I say, it's kind of coming back from injury and coming in that game in Texas, not so well, but really that first game back is never going to look tremendous. And so I'm going to be looking for him to get a lot more minutes, um, and for him to be dishing out a lot more, you know, a lot more punches under the basket. And so how do we have people like Bresson Williams? How do we have people like Kevin O'Banner, uh, even McCuller, who's going to be probably playing a lot more minutes going up for rebounds against that. And just kind of like scheming against that is the one thing that gives me concern because I'm interested to see how Mark Adams does it. Cause we haven't had a, we haven't had to fight way too many big guys this season. The big 12 is actually sized down significantly. And so I think that, you know, this is a really good opportunity for us to kind of game plan for this guy to kind of create a framework for the tournament at large, like the people that are going to be going up against the tournament. I think it's a really good opportunity. Um, but yeah, I for this game, like for us, it's got to be the Kevin McCullough show uh, in regards to I just want to be watching what how many minutes McCullough's going to be getting, how good he's going to be feeling, and what he's going to do with those minutes. Like I know that he was playing in the last game, but he it was kind of limited action in my opinion. I and mean, he can be a lot more aggressive. And I understand, you know, he's now sprained both of his ankles. So the guy's walking around with, uh, you know, no good ankles anymore. And so just, you know, interested to see how he kind of performs in this game getting back into sync with the team because we do have a couple of conference games left and we need to finish out with all W's, all dubs. I find it very interesting that as a fan base, we've kind of moved to the tournament. Like everything we've been talking about is getting ready for the tournament, getting ready for the tournament. I'm actually very interested as, as Kansas and Baylor play this weekend, right? What tech fans would rather have? I mean, tech, if for tech to have any shot, I still think tech has about a 10% chance of, of getting a share of the big draw title. That to happen. Baylor has to be Kansas, Right. Flip side of that, Tech fans who really want that two seed in Fort Worth. For that to happen, a Kansas win over Baylor would be really nice, right? And I'm very <laughs> curious what Tech fans want here, right? Has the fan base given up on the Big 12 championship and just want the two seed? Could we have our cake and eat it too, both winning the Big 12 championship and getting the two seed? It's interesting. I think fans would rather have have us in Fort Worth if you had to pick one of the two. Everyone is so oh, laser yeah. focused on seeding because they want to see us play in Fort Worth. 
unpopular <laughs> opinion, I'd rather have the Big 12 championship. Give me the championship, baby. Give me the banner. Give me the ring. Is it because is it because title. you're so confident in our team? Doesn't matter where in, where in the nation we end up. It's buckets. It's, it's game, no. It's, it's game because he doesn't live in Texas, so he can't really go unless he spends <laughs> lots of money. <laughs> That's a good point. That's exactly what That's it good is. Good point. No, me, it's so. me. I, it's a thirty minute drive down the road. So why would I not vote that way? That's that's fair. Uh, it's more <laughs> so, and and no, and you're absolutely right. It's more so that you never know what the tournament can hold. Give me, give me the bona fide ring. Give me the memorable something we can get. Anytime you got a chance at a championship, I want the championship. And then let the future let the future. Uh, we can't. We we cannot control what the committee does. We can't control a championship. Or actually, we can't even do that because we need Baylor's help. But that's that's the reason for me. Anyways, as we get to the end of this podcast episode, Dylan, give me one person from Texas Tech that needs to step up for us to win this game. You know, I actually think uh, Kevin McCullough is still going to be eased into this game. He might start, but I don't know if he's going to get full minutes. And, and I kind of hope we keep easing him in as as a champion of ankle injuries. Those can be tough. So I, I think in his place, Adonis Arms explodes. He, he's capable of, of going off. He's done it a few times in conference. This just feels like a game where he's going to go bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Jeremy, he's your one person. E-N-A-N-A-S. Well, um, because we are thinking about the tournament, because we are at the end of the regular season here, a couple games left on the schedule, for me, it's got to be Terrence Shannon. I think as we get closer to tournament time, I need to see Shannon taking confident steps forward in every aspect of his game, looking every bit of the leader of the team as he can, uh, because that's going to give, I think, everybody around him. I think it's going to give this fan base. I think it's going to give uh, it's going to be a lot of confidence going forward into a tournament that we very much need that lockdown clutch dude who can go get a bucket when we need him to. And so for me, it's in the last three games or last couple of games we have here. Um, it's going to be Shannon for me every time. I know that we've had a great next man up mentality all season long. Uh, we've had pretty much everybody on this team step up in one way or another. I think here at the end, you got to have Shannon locking down and being your points getter, getting the most points every game. I need I need him to be settling into his own comfort, his own Zen place, and being the best TJ Shannon he can be. So recently, we've had we've had we had the TJ Shannon game against TCU. We've had an Adolny game. We've had an Arms game uh, recently. Bryson Williams has a game virtually every day. A Warren uh, game a, last time. We've had a Davian Warren game. You know, we haven't had a, a game off since game. the first Texas game. The O'Banner game. Kevin O'Banner hasn't had a game in a little bit. Give me Kevin O'Banner to go off, have a few threes. He was the lowest scoring starter against Oklahoma. He only had five points in that game. And it wasn't because he, you know, it wasn't because he was missing shots. He just... You know, everybody else was hot. And he, he, I'm going to tell you something about Kevin O'Banner is that if somebody else has a hot hand, he's going to feed that somebody else. He's not, he's, that is just his game. He's going to let the game come to him. And I think the game's going to come to him in this one as Texas Tech wins. So, Jeremy, give me a final prediction. <laughs> give me a second. I want to look at this score. <laughs> I'm not about to play myself again. I, I, I kind of tipped myself. So last time, predicting a 82 victory. <laughs> yeah, last time we played TCU, we won uh, 82 69. Okay, nice. I, 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 yeah, there it is. Uh, I do think that our defense is going to lock down a little more. Uh, I don't think we'll get 82 points. Give me 75 58. 57, 75, 57, 75, 57, 75, 77. 70, wait, talk about 75, 57. Wow. Okay. 18 point, 18 point prediction. I like it. Dylan, what do you got? Give me 72, 
58. Dylan definitely wanted to do 72.59, just 10 points off the last score. He's like, ah, I can't pull a Jeremy. <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's, that's, what idiot would do that? Um, but, but uh, oh, we yeah, have fun. To get why we're all laughing, you got to go to the Oklahoma preview <laughs> preview episode. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. This game, I think we're going to see a lot of what we've, what we, before this Oklahoma game, what we saw started seeing very often was that Tech was down in the first half. Um, we saw it in the Texas game. We saw it, really, we've seen it a lot recently where Texas Tech is down. They fight in the first half to get back. They either losing a little bit or it's tied up at halftime and they explode in the second half. And I expect the exact same thing to happen here again. Give me a 10 point win 75 65 for the good guys. I think the same thing happens where we are down. We are maybe down by a point at halftime, two points at halftime. After we were down by double digits, we rally back and then second half goes and we go on a crazy run and we win the game. Nice. It's it's just how games have worked recently. A big run in the second half is pretty much a guarantee at this point. It's pretty That's, much the Texas Tech thing. That is that is the thing. That is if really we're within ten, you ain't safe. First to sixty. <laughs> Jeremy's absolutely right. Um, but I do, I do like I said, I do think TCU is going to have a decent game in this one. They need this game bad. It's a Saturday, a Saturday game. I do I do think we're. I'm curious to see if TCU fans show up and to support a little bit more. Whatever I'll say this: when TCU played Texas. They came out. There was a decent amount of orange there. Funny, I always find this hilarious. I found it so funny that Texas took credit for TCU's uh, record-breaking attendance, right? Because it was like, because TCU actually showed up. It wasn't like Texas just filled the stadium. Look like at I us. We brought 2,000 people to your stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, if that. It wasn't, I don't even think Texas brought 1,000. It was just yeah. that it, they, they were just, but they took credit for it. I was like, you a-holes. <laughs> Come on now. Um. Bonus prediction, Kansas-Baylor. Who you got, Dylan? Kansas against Baylor. Who's the home team? Baylor. Uh, Kansas, I believe. Is it Baylor? I don't know. Oh, it the, is Baylor. You're right. Sorry. Baylor. You said it. The, yeah, Baylor is the Baylor. home team. Uh, Jeremy, you, okay, oh, okay, Jeremy's going, apparently. No, I thought you, I thought you would give your prediction. No, I, I've just been stumbling over words and trying to figure out where this game's <laughs> being played. Yeah, oh it's, it's fifth ranked Kansas at 10th ranked Baylor. Yeah. Because remember, they played in Lawrence and they lost 83 59. Kansas on the road. Upset City. Ooh, upset City. Jeremy, who you got? I'm picking Kansas. I'm picking Kansas to get the win. But I think it'll be closer than it was in Lawrence for sure. God, I hope so for Baylor's sake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Uh, I'm gonna go Baylor, mostly because it's that again. I still, I still have that 10% of hope we can win the Big 12 championship is still in me, um, and I, then I hope Baylor loses to Texas so we can get there. You go, so we can uh, get both and Iowa State, so we can have everything we want. Okay, right, I guess so. Oh, right, sure, sure. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan, as we wrap this pot up? Nope, get me out of here, Jeremy. What you got? We here at Tortillas and Takes extremely value your opinion and your listenership. Please go on to whatever podcast medium that you listen to that allows reviews. Leave us a five-star review, some kind words, some criticizing words, whatever you want. Let us know you're out there, people. 
if I had to criticize anything about this podcast, it's that Jeremy looks at old scores and drinks <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, No, just uh, again, home field apparel, baby, takes twelve. But then also, this this team is. I've really been thinking about this, and we mentioned it a little bit, I think, on the last pod. But um, I think I'm ready to say it. This is my favorite Texas Tech team of all time. This is this is it. This is it. Yeah, over. I know, and I want to say it now before the regular season ends, before we have revisionist history, before you know, no matter what happens in the postseason, I want to say this right because I, I understand that when it comes to best, it, postseason is going to matter. We're, we're not going to be able to say that we're better than 2018 or 2019, or was it 97? I believe we're not going to be able to say be- or 04. We're not going to be able to say better than those until we see what happens in the postseason. So I, I completely understand that. But as far as my favorite. As far as the teams that I have seen throughout the years for Texas Tech basketball, this team right here is, in my opinion, the most special, my favorite Texas Tech basketball team ever, just considering everything that's happened. And just not even if, even if you take away the beard and the Adams and all that stuff, right? Like the team itself is so fun. I don't think we've ever had a team to where it's not just Keenan Evans. It's not just Jarrett Cobra. It's not just Matt Mooney. It's not just, you know, Nuance Odiase. It's the whole team. From the number one guy to the number to 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 KJ Allen getting a steal and bringing the house down, like the whole team is productive. They're they're great. They're just it, this is my favorite Texas Tech team of all time, and I I've seen these students you know tear up knowing this is their last Texas Tech game. I'm jealous that they get to like watch this type of team, this type of seasons that we've had. But um, I'm definitely jealous of them watching the, like this team. And I'm I'm actually a little sad to see this season wind down because like. This has been a fun, fun Texas Tech season, and even it's they're so good that jinxes don't work on them. It's been it's been incredible. So on that note, we're gonna tap you out here. Um, Make sure to go to Fort Worth. There are more Red Raiders in Fort Worth than there are Horn Frogs. I used to live out that way. I know. So uh, Pac Show Mile Arena, make it the USA East, just like we made Irwin the USA South. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Podcast Network.